بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم نحمد نسلی اللہ رسول الکریم اما بات الحمد للہ چنائی از دا تھرٹی فرسٹ آف مے ان دی ایئر ٹو تھاؤزنڈ اینڈ ٹوینٹی تھری الحمد للہ وی موو آن ٹو دا تھرٹی Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiyallahu And I'm spending a few sessions taking a glimpse into his awesome worship. And the last thing I mentioned was that he would love to go to places in the market where people were negligent and then do the zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then I mentioned there was many virtues with regards to this deed. It's called the most beloved deed to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You get the, exa- you get the same, you are compared to a mujahid who is rushing into the enemies whilst everybody is fleeing. You're resembled to a lamp in a dark house. You are shown your place in paradise even during your lifetime. And you get as many sins forgiven as they are humans and animals. And you get moved for every hair of your body on the day of resurrection. Those only a madman would waste such auspicious opportunities. Those Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, he exhorted one and all, engage abundantly in the dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it matters not if you do not associate with anyone apart from those who can assist you in dhikr. This is in Behaki, Qanzul Umal, volume 1, page 208, Hayat al-Sahaba, volume 5, page 44 of the New English Translation. So here, the great Ibn Mas'ud, radiyallahu said, you should do dhikr in abundance. And he goes, it doesn't matter if you're with others. However, if you have somebody who assists you, that is a blessing. So if anybody assists you in this matter, then of course keep his company. Indeed, this most illustrious man had gone on to further encourage. The gatherings of zikr are the life of knowledge and create humility in the heart. The gatherings of zikr are the life of knowledge and create humility in the heart. This is in Ibn Asakir. Qanzul Omal, volume 1, page 208, Hayat al-Sahaba, volume 5, page 56 of the New English Translation. So, famously, our beloved messenger mentioned, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, in Sayyih Bukhari, the example of the one who does dhikr and the one who does not is like the difference between the living and the dead. So, we were created to remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Here, Ibn Masood said, it's the life of knowledge, meaning ultimately knowledge will take you to the dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it has a most profound impact upon the heart. Famously, the Prophet mentioned, it polishes the heart. Consider also the following most informative words from this most illustrious man. Sleeping during dhikr is from shaitan. إِنْ شِئْتُمْ فَجَرِّبُوا إِذَا أَخَذَ أَحَدُكُمْ مَجْجَأَ وَأَرَادَ أَنْ يَنَامَ فَلْيَذْكُرِ اللَّهَ أَزَّ وَجَلْ If you like, you can put it to the test. When one of you goes to bed and wants to go to sleep, 
he should then mention Allah the most honored and glorified. So this is recorded and uh, by Shaykh al-Bani in his checking of Bukhari's Allah double Mufrad and he graded it Sahih in his Sahih Allah double Mufrad number 1208. So in this Sahih Hadith, Ibn Masood said something very interesting. Sleep during vikas from shaitan. So he gave you the answer. Then he said, if you find this hard to believe, try it, test it. Because when you go to bed and you want to go to sleep, start doing vikr. And then what happens? You'll notice you're asleep and tasbih is on the floor. <laughs> Who's put you to sleep? <laughs> shaitan. <laughs> so shaitan hates it when you do vikr. And this is why the scholars say that for insomniacs, it is a proven method to simply increase in the dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because that will put you to sleep. And you've actually making shaitan put you to sleep and there's no harm in that. Why? Because Ibn Masood didn't mention any harm in shaitan putting you to sleep. Because you think, well, hang on him. And if he's putting you to sleep, that's... No, because he's stopping you from dhikr. And the whole point is you want to go to sleep. How sad and tragic that many fall asleep to its accursed counterpart, music. How does that work? People say, I can't go to sleep unless I'm listening to music. And you think, I'm completely baffled. Music is obviously the counterpart of zikr. It's shaitan zikr. And you're going to sleep with that. And that's probably why people get so ill. You know, they end up with physical and spiritual and mental ailments. Why? Because it's going to have a most detrimental effect upon He also gave the following priceless instruction to those who are weak in their deeds. Whoever is too miserly to spend money in charity, cowardly to fight the enemy, and bearing the night prayer is too much for him, then let him often say, La ilaha illallah, subhanallah, alhamdulillah, and Allahu Akbar. This is recorded in Imam Ahmad in his Musnad, Tabarani, Hakim in his Mustadrak, Tarheeb, Volume 3, page 95. Al-Haytami in Majma Az-Zawaid, Volume 1, sorry, Volume 10, page 90, stated Sahih. Hayat al-Sahaba, Volume 4, page 383 to 4 of the New English Translation. Shaykh al-Bani, Rahmatullah, stated Sahih in Sahih, Allah Dabal Mufrad, number 209. So here Ibn Masood was saying something else about dhikr, radiyallahu. He's basically saying that it makes up for your failings in other deeds. So this is another virtue of dhikr. And what he said was, if you are too miserly to spend, you know, you've got miserliness. And a lot of people are suffering from that. Number two, you are cowardly to fight the enemy. And obviously, when jihad, you know, where is jihad? But even if there was jihad, maybe you would have cowardice. And thirdly, that the hajjad is too great for you, meaning you can't do it, it's too much. Let him often say, not just once or twice, and of course, it's the, we call it the third kalima. La ilaha illallah, subhanallah, alhamdulillah, Allahu Akbar. So it makes up for your deficiencies in other acts of worship. And this is what the great Ibn Masood was highlighting. Now what's interesting, nobody can say, I can't do that. Notice, he didn't say, well, if you can't do that, why? Because how can you not do this simple vikr? So note, it makes up for deficiencies in other acts of worship. In an identical report, but this time from Rasulullah, he said, Let him abundantly say, Subhanallah wa bihamdihi, 
For this is more valuable with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala than spending in his path a mountain of gold. This is in Tabarani, Targheeb, Al-Haytami, in Majma Az-Zawaid. So very similar. Those of you who are too miserly, can't get up for tahajjud, fear the enemy. The Prophet said, abundantly say, Subhanallah wa bihamdihi. Not just once or twice. And that translates, glorified and free from all imperfection is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and praise be to him. And think about that. This is a very famous zikr. This is not something often mentioned about the zikr. It makes up for deficiencies. Not only does it make up for it, what did the Prophet say? It is more valuable with your Lord than spending in his path a mountain of gold. How is it possible to spend a mountain of gold? But it's more valuable just to say, Subhanallah, wa bihamdi. Clarifying further, our beloved messenger said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, whoever says, Subhanallah, wa bihamdi, then a palm tree is planted for him in paradise. Whoever says, Subhanallah, wa bihamdi, then a palm tree is planted for him in paradise. This is in Bazaar. Al-Haytami in Majma Az-Zawaid, he graded it Hasan. So not only is it making up for deficiencies, it's filling your paradise. And you get a palm tree in paradise. Now, obviously, which I keep mentioning again and again, anything in paradise is not like it is on the earth. So a palm tree isn't, well, maybe it is worth something. But in paradise, it's beyond comprehension. And how easily do you plant a palm tree? <laughs> Imagine. You know, I've just said it now a few times. How many palm trees, inshallah, have I got in paradise? <laughs> and it's more valuable than spending a mountain of gold in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There's famous things mentioned about it. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, whoever says subhanallah wa bihamdihi 100 times, even if his sins are like the form of the ocean, Allah will forgive them. This is in Sayyid Bukhari. So you should say at least a hundred times a day, Subhanallah wa bihamdi. But in another report, in Sayyid Muslim, if you say Subhanallah wa bihamdihi a hundred times in the morning and evening, then nobody can better you except he who does more. Now that's fascinating hadith. Why? Because if you take it literally, nobody can beat you. How many myriad of deeds can you do? If you take the hadith literally, no matter what deeds you do, you can't be beaten. Except if somebody catches on to it, he goes, I'm going to say the same zikr. I'm going to say 201 times. Then he goes, he's beaten you. So note, it's, this is a very precious zikr. Another thing mentioned about this zikr is that it's the food of the angels. Nuh uh, he said to his sons on his deathbed, he goes, make sure that you utter this zikr, which is sustenance, I for the angels. And he said, subhanallah wa bihamdi. Now, why is that fascinating? It's an ancient dhikr. It's not just for this ummah. Subhanallah wa bihamdihi. So note, priceless zikrs, but Ibn Mas'ud, what did he say, radiyallam? It makes up for failings in other areas. Abdullah Ibn Mas'ud, radiyallam, had gone to mention to one and all another priceless zikr, when he said, a person will even be forgiven for the sin of fleeing from the battlefield. If he decides the following three times. Astaghfirullah alladhi la ilaha illahu al-hayyul qayyum wa atubu alayhi. I seek forgiveness from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There is no God but he 
who is the living and the one who maintains everything. It is to him I turn, i.e. in shame and forgiveness. SubhanAllah. This is recorded in Tabarani. Radhiyatami in Majma Az-Zawaid, volume 10, page 210, stated Sahih. Hayat al-Sahaba, volume 5, page 116 to 117 of the New English Translation. So here, the great Ibn Mas'ud, he said, even if you flee from battle, and this is a major sin, there are seven destructive sins the Prophet mentioned in Sayyid Bukhari. One of them is to flee from battle. And it's a bit of fiqh. It basically means that you've got no excuse. <laughs> that, you know, the Quran says that you cannot turn away if there's two to one against. But if there's more than two to one, the sin becomes less. <laughs> so we know there's a bit of fiqh. Whatever the case, you are fleeing from battle is a major sin. <laughs> Ibn Masood said, if you decide this zikr three times, Astaghfirullah alladhi la ilaha illahu al-hayyul qayyum wa atubu alayhi, Allah ta'ala will forgive this. Meaning that certain zikrs also have the capacity to take out major sins. And major sins usually, of course, you have to do toba. But Allah ta'ala in his grace and kindness can take it out even without toba. And Ibn Masood was highlighting this zikr. There's a very similar report in Abu Dawood Sahih where the Prophet وسلم, said, Whoever says, Astaghfirullah al-Azim al-Ladi, La ilaha illahu al-Hayyul Qayyum atubu alayh, he will be forgiven his sins even if he flees from battle. That's a Sahih hadith in Abu Dawood from the Prophet. What's the difference? There's one word difference. Ibn Masood, his zikr is, Astaghfirullah al-Ladi, La ilaha illahu al-Hayyul Qayyum atubu alayh. Rasulullah, he added a word, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Astaghfirullah al-Azim al-Ladhi, La ilaha illahu al-Hayyul Qayyum wa The second difference, Ibn Masood said, you have to say this zikr three times. Rasulullah mentioned once that other zikr. So this is a separate zikr that should also be done, you know, to get, you know, to secure the forgiveness of our sins. Those ones should get into the habit of uttering the above blessed zikr three times, Upon committing any sin, whether it is major or minor, that's the whole point. When you commit a sin, shaitan first whispers, Allah Ta'ala will forgive you. He goes, just do it. Allah Ta'ala loves to forgive and he starts playing with your, your nafs. When you commit the sin, he changes tune. He goes, Allah Ta'ala is never going to forgive you. He goes, you're a shaitan, you're a munafik. If you listen to him the second time, Hassan al-Basri said, he's defeated you twice. You listen to him the first time, and now you're listening to him again. He goes, don't listen to him. Ask forgiveness. How do you ask forgiveness? What better way than the zikr mentioned here? Astaghfirullah alladhi la ilaha illahu al-hayyul qayyum wa atubu Three times, or Astaghfirullah al-azim alladhi la ilaha illahu al-hayyul qayyum wa atubu One really should not find this surprising in the least. For our beloved messenger said, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, no other action of a person can surpass dhikrullah than saving him from his wrath. Subhanallah. No other action of a person can surpass dhikrullah than saving him from his wrath. This is recorded in Imam Malik's Muwatta, Ibn Majah, Behaki in his Shu'ab al-Iman, Hakim Sahih, Ibn Abi Shayba in his Al-Musannaf, Mishkat. Now think about that. When we disobey Allah the Almighty and Glorious, we kindle his wrath. So it's very important to take away his anger. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
no other deed is more a quick or efficient in doing that than zikr. So think about that. If you really reflect, you know, not just listen to what I'm just starting to reflect upon those words. It's baffling. Somebody goes, I've committed a sin, I'm going on jihad. Zikr will take you out quicker. I'm going on jihad. Another person goes, I'm going to give sadaqah. I'm giving it now. I've written the check. I've sent it. Zikr would have been quicker. Now I'm going to fast. I made intention. Summer fast is going to be a hot day. Zikr is quicker. Now think about the why is your mind? Because it's zikr is easy. Like I mentioned yesterday. Because it's easy, people think it's not worth much. Rasulullah told you, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, no other action of a person can surpass dhikrullah than saving him from his wrath. So go back to the previous report. It takes out major sins. Should we find that strange? No. In fact, the Quran mentions good deeds take out sins. And what did the Abu Dhar ask? In Imam Ahmad's Musnad Sahih Hadith, Abu Dhar said, Ya Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, is La ilaha illallah a good deed? The Prophet Sallallahu said, it's the best of deeds. <laughs> now why did he ask that? Because he was thinking, I commit a sin. And I just say, La ilaha illallah, he'll take out the sin. He didn't ask like that because it's shut up, you know, you've got to say it in a respectful way. So he, 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 he twerked the question. He goes, is La ilaha illallah a good deed? But that wasn't the intent. Everybody knows it's a good deed. What did he mean by that? What he meant was, if I commit a sin and I say that, will that sin get forgiven? The Prophet goes, it's the best of deeds. <laughs> Explaining further, nothing can surpass zikr of Allah. He didn't say, well, Abu Dhar, I'm quite ashamed you asked that. Should have fasted. Should have gone on Umrah. You should have done tawaf. You should have, you know, done this. You should have, you know, cleaned the, your neighbor's, you know, backyard. He didn't say anything like that. He goes, it's the best of deeds. So always do dhikr. And obviously immediately after committing a sin. And what's beautiful is, there is no restriction to dhikr. You know it's, So you can't say, oh brother, astaghfirullah, you did dhikr. Why? What have I done wrong? He goes, you are not in wudu. And he goes, no need to be in wudu. He goes, no, but your clothes are not pure. No need to be pure clothes. And he goes, you know, but you need to have a bath. Don't do dhikr. Any other restrictions, right? So why is Allah, Allah doing that? Because he doesn't want you to be in a situation you can't do it. The only place in the entire Sharia where you're not allowed to do it with your mouth is the toilet. Why? Because that's you're relieving yourself. But you can do it in your heart. The scholars say if you sneeze when you're relieving yourself, you say Alhamdulillah in your heart. So why? Because and also Abu Bakr radiallahu he would put rocks in his mouth to stop because he was so used to zikr. So imagine somebody's going to, for a call of nature. He's got a rock in his mouth. You think, what, what, has he got, what's happening? Oh, he, goes, he's, he just can't stop doing zikr, so he's got to physically stop his mouth. And that makes you, actually makes you laugh. You think, you know, what day was Abu Bakr in? <laughs> and similarly, Abdullah ibn Mas'ud had most informatively said, seek your heart at three times, when you listen to the Quran, in dhikr gatherings, and in times of solitude, if you don't find your heart even at these times, then ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant you a heart, for you don't have one. 
recorded by Hafiz ibn al-Qayyim rahmatullahi in his al-fawaid page 149 so now obviously he's a master of the heart you know he's an external faqih internal faqih he's a perfect man so he's saying seat your heart now I'll explain that but what was the three times he said you've got to look into your heart when you're listening to the Quran that's a test where your heart is some people they're not listening to Quran they might outwardly look like but they're not so they might even be saying subhanallah but they're thinking of something else because your heart is there's something wrong with your heart secondly in dhikr gatherings when you're doing dhikr some people just go through the morning right and he goes where's the heart and thirdly when you're by yourself because if you don't find your heart even at these times ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you don't have one meaning at these three auspicious times one's heart should be moved to reflect upon one's condition if it does not then one must beg the exalted and glorious to resuscitate it and it's true you know and straight away you can gauge where you are you don't need to go to a sheikh somebody goes brother what about somebody on the spiritual ladder <laughs> don't ask that question and he goes no no put the tongue there he's okay just apply this test to yourself when the uh, quran has been recited where's your heart you can have to explain to him what you meant by that yeah, harasses me. Okay, right? Uh, zikr gatherings. Where's your heart? I don't see zikr. Yeah, harasses me. Right? Okay. When you're by yourself, do you feel comfortable? Or do you need to get onto a gadget? I need to get onto a gadget. You haven't got a heart. Forget about the spiritual ladder. Ask Allah to give you a heart. And he goes, that's a bit harsh, brother. I didn't say that. Ibn Masood said it. If he doesn't know who that is, then he's got another problem. So this is what you're saying. Now think about it. There, were, there are people who find so much comfort in these three things. <laughs> they listen to the Quran. It suits them. In fact, you get people. And that's all they do. In their car, there's only Quran. That's all they've got. Because you only listen to any talks, brother. Brother, you know, it's like listening to Quran. It's really, if you think about it, that's showing he's actually giving you a clue to his heart. Why does he not listen? You should be asking that question, brother. <laughs> He's listening to the words of the Creator. Who are you listening to? Words of Pete Chachas up, right? Secondly, because I get soothed when I sit in gatherings of zikr. Because it, it comforts me. I love gatherings of zikr. How many people have got that quality? And thirdly, they love to be by themselves. Why? Because they reflect. They reflect, oh, I need to get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This gives me moments where I can reflect upon how close I am to him. What do I need to do? And what's interesting, Shaykh Hamza Yusuf al-Maliki, he mentioned that there was a, a, a survey or a test that was done in America. He gave all the stats. And he goes, they were professionals and they were told to basically stay in a room without any artificial stimulus. I think they had to put a blindfold on as well and a, you know, an earphone. They couldn't hear anything, couldn't see anything. And they were told to do that for half an hour or an hour. And then he says some of them had panic attacks. Now why did they have a panic attack? Because the heart, there's no heart. All these stimuli is gone. <coughs> What's happening? Right? So <coughs> Sheikh Hamza goes, look, think about that. I was telling you something. Telling you the spiritual state. Astaghfirullah. Hmm. 
So all I mentioned today, again, was uh, the great Ibn Mas'ud with regards to the glorious deed of dhikr. And Lord, he loved this deed too much. And he was encouraging one and all, i.e. mentioning virtues and also scenarios, i.e. which the dhikr of Allah should be done critically at that point, i.e. certainly after committing a sin. And then I mentioned, of course, the beautiful statement he made about the heart, which is fascinating. Are there any questions? And not zikr is talking about the sin that forgiven the form of the ocean. Yeah. You know, so in the Zaha hadith, what says, you say, Subhanallah, wa bihamdi, subhanallah, Yes. That's another, okay, mashallah. The very last hadith in Sayyid Bukhari, the Prophet, وسلم, he said, there is a zikr which is very light on the tongue, but is very heavy in the scale. Subhanallah wa bihamdihi, Subhanallah al Azim. So there's no harm. You know, you, you add that, inshallah, you'll get the virtue of Subhanallah wa bihamdihi, but that adds another dimension. And that addition, you're basically adding glorified and free from all imperfection is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the immense. Mm-hmm. And that's also a beautiful addition you could add to that. There's no harm, mashallah. Any other questions? Comments? Subhanallah <laughs>